0: of Finley, 1067 The Fan, live in Indy at the Combine. B Mitch holding it down in the District of Columbia. Joining us right now is our friend, Mr. Ryan Keel. You R.K. Not no, it's in and out. Huh. It's good stuff. All right. Um, what's up, man? How Hello. are you?
1: Good, man. How you doing?
0: Uh, I am doing well. Good. What's going on for you out in Indy?
1: Oh, well, I'm out here again. It's good to be back on. I'm out here again. Um, with Q thirty and the Q collar, uh, talking to teams, leagues, agents, athletes, you know, cool. spreading the word. doing your thing, yeah, doing our thing. It's great. It's a good place to be.
0: Um, certainly, the story or non-story of the day in <laughs> in Washington is that Josh Harris is here. So everybody knows Ryan. He was in the NFL for a hundred years. I no longer try to actually say how many years guys were in the league because guys always yell at me no matter what I say. Um, so you say
2: it wrong. Get it right. Well. How many years? I'll let you the say. Last time, 12, the last time, the last time we were together, just, twelve
1: toward my pension, but I was hurt a few years. That's where the confusion lies
0: in. But yeah, twelve. But five. right, right.
2: We were together just a few weeks ago in the Super Bowl, and you told him what the number was. So it's he should have remembered that, anyway. right?
0: So he's having trouble hearing you. We're trying to figure this out. Yes, Rich. that's um, all right. But dude, let me start. By you need me to yell? This. No, I think the uh, the, the headphone jack's busted. I blame. I blame JP. I mean, of course, everybody blames me for everything. <laughs> um, what do you make of Harris being in the interview room for these kids?
1: Uh, you know, I don't, you know, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. I don't, it doesn't bother me. I mean, at all as a player, I, I wouldn't think. I mean, he owns the team, you know, and he wants to learn, I imagine. So, like, I don't, it, it is what it is. All of it's in the details, right? So, like, if it's, you know, the, the role he's playing, if he's just sitting in the background, so be it. Not a big deal.
0: Um, does it feel, though, kind of snyder That's what I think people are worried about, is that Dan had such a negative everything and this to a lot of people this reminds them of dan and rg3 12 years ago
1: nah i mean i mean josh has got a lot more experience than dan did owning teams right so the idea of him wanting to sit in it's his first time around on the draft you know get in the room you know watch your team operate and interview these guys and see how they, how they react and, and who knows if he even weighs in right i think it's, it's i think it's a very We've been told he's thing. just observing that's great you know, um, I think that, a lot of people observe, so that's fine.
0: And that's definitely B. I mean, that that's kind of your angle on this too, right?
2: Oh, yeah. That's definitely my angle. I mean, I, I feel – listen, I, I worked with a guy who's a capitalist, uh, Mr. Thompson, and he's always said the man paying for the team, he has the right to do whatever the hell he wants to do. But ultimately, when we look at the experience and what what Dan has done, you can't say anything he's done is anywhere close to Dan.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I agreed. I think um, I'm ready to make a declaration, should you guys agree with it. Let's move the hell on.
2: Brian, are you good with that? I could have been there as soon as you brought it up.
0: I imagine you could have. Um, So me and Mr. Keel had an interesting discussion the other night that I want B to weigh in on. I think they've got to go QB at number two. Ryan, you think what?
1: (laughs) I think they need to consider everything. I think the idea of groupthink is a dangerous place to be and i don't know what's going to happen on the free agent side but i'll be looking at that i'd be looking at what the options are to trade back and i'd be looking at the quarterbacks and you know the odds are as i'm sure it's been discussed at nauseam um right you know one of these three are going to be good one's going to be bad one's going to be average and so you know you got to, you got some holes to fill the team's not you know it's got a lot of work to do so if you can get the right fit at free agency that matches with what Cliff wants to do, who's a great guy, by the way, um, and then great. Maybe you do that. Then all of a sudden it frees. You have to trade back. It's all, it's all a puzzle, right? It's not like you don't lock in. I don't think you, you lock in now and say this is exactly what we have to do, you know, in a, in a month and a half before you let some of the other process go through. So my point was to JP, Mitch, is that you just got to consider everything. Right to consider it all, and then you can slowly, because you know, again, maybe the quarterbacks get resigned before free agency. Okay, well that changes things, right? It's all very fluid, and you do all your work on all the other guys and all the other the top offensive tackle, the, all the top guys, and then you see where the sort of chips fall and see how you can best position the team going forward for you know a, a great run. So um, that was sort of my position.
2: I, I, I listened to you, and I, and I think that's exactly what Adam Peters has stated. To where he say I'm not here just for quarterback. I'm here for everybody, uh, and and he's thinking like you. But I think in the end, <laughs> they'll go get a quarterback because I, agree. They, I think you have to look at everything because they, you're right. You don't know what's going to happen. What's going to transpire? Uh, what if somebody were to move up and get to the first spot and take that pick from from uh, um, Chicago? Then it may drop somebody else in your lap. What if they go up there and there's somebody like somebody other than Caleb? We, like, we, we hear that Caleb's the number one. Somebody might think differently. We don't know. Then you can adjust. But I think ultimately, if they're trying to st- start this thing and move forward, they're trying to get a quarterback, and they're going to have to damn sure make sure they understand that. Because, listen, they say Josh sat in on the six quarterback meetings. I doubt if he's going to be sitting in on the running back and the linebacker meeting.
1: Right. But, if you, but Mitch, if you could get, if you, you're saying get a quarterback. That quarterback could also potentially come for free agency, too. Yeah, but right, long, we just don't know. It, we just don't know right? I know, we just
2: but as long know. as it's QB, I'm just yeah, saying that right, right. they're, they're, first pick going to probably be QB because that's where they, they have been QB deprived for decades. And I think that's where they got to get that fixed. Or, you know, everyone in the league now feels that you got to have the quarterback. Well, if you don't have a football team, you got to have a quarterback. So I've seen
1: a lot of good quarterbacks quarterback get drafted by bad teams in the last three years and they're out too. Yeah, right. So you just yeah. got to keep it in mind. That's I'm I
0: agree with you. And and dude, I actually had a pretty interesting conversation last night. Like we we're all wondering who could be the team that is desperate, right? That is not in the top five, not in the top ten, but is willing to make the big move. And and everybody kind of assumes that can exist. And I think you wonder about. Vegas about the Raiders who, if you think, if you're if you're looking at that team, they're pretty good. I mean, you've got Devontae Adams, you've got Max Crosby. I mean, you've got two all-pro players at key positions, and I, you know they run the ball fairly well. I like their O-line. Um, I mean, what if a team like that wants to come all the way up for one of these kids? I just, I wonder, and, and say Washington decides... Hell, bring Kirk back. You know what I mean. And they trade from two to thirteen, get a million picks in the process. Like, what would your reaction be to that, Brian? I'm not saying it's real or I expect it, but I'm just curious. If would somebody think-
2: came up and offered something crazy and they went and got another quarterback, yes, I would say I don't have a problem with that uh, because I've already stated to you that my mindset is Adam Peters was hired. We all, everybody, for the most part, felt that was the right, the first move they needed to make. If he decides to do something, I'm going to try and support it. They bring Kirk back, then I'm going to start thinking they got a damn move going.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> so, in a lot of ways, we'll kind of know because if they're doing something like that, it'll happen early, early. on in free agency. Right. Yeah. And, and you're not doing that if you're drafting a kid at two.
1: Well, you remember, though, I mean, even in San Francisco, right, and that's where Peters came from. Right. You know, they, I mean, they found, air quotes, their quarterback in the seventh round, right? The guy they actually made the move for didn't work out. Right? And then they had Garoppolo, and they've had other guys in there throughout the entire Shanahan time. So it's not like he's coming from a place where like it was draft quarterback, end-all, be-all. They didn't do it. I mean, they did it once, and it didn't work out. And they drafted the kid you know, pretty late in you know, the last pick. So, they kind of got lucky. But see, though. that was lucky <laughs> right there. No, they, they were
2: trying to, but they, they had a football team already established around totally. whoever came in there.
1: Right, but how they do that, how they get the football team built, but they also made a big move for Trey Lance. Like that's it, my point. Yeah. It didn't work out. So they took one swing, in the how many years who was there, right? And they did well they it. traded for Jimmy G to start it. Okay, so yeah. again, so again, how do you think, how do you solve the, the position, right? And that's again, that's what I am saying. There's a lot of ways to solve it potentially, and that's why JP was in four drinks in, was berating me, Mitch, about, <laughs> about, about how it's got to be a court. I'm like, well, you don't know yet. I, it could
0: be. I'd like, it's probably more likely, co- but Conceptually, still. I understand your, your, it's what you're saying. It's not a hot take,
1: and you guys are in the hot take business, so <laughs> I get that too. So it's I, radio sports radio. So I, I but it's also not a
0: hot take to say it. Number two, when you just had the second overall pick, didn't go QB, and you look at the QBs that, that could have been picked there, mm-hmm. that are somewhere between franchise and good yeah sure like i I think at this point at this stage for this organization that has been such a disaster for so long and it almost cements it more that for the first time in a really really long time you have an opportunity to have owner gm head coach quarterback all aligned and all trying to build at the same time and rate and space and and like harris being here and being involved kind of cements that right like like He's going to be on board with what they do, and I just think that opportunity has to be executed.
1: Right. Any way you get there. I, Mitch said it. Solve the quarterback problem. Sure. Right? Free agency, trade, draft. That's the point. I think we all agree on that. And then you, then you can figure out, one, you figure out how you're going to solve that or whatever opportunity presents itself. Then you can figure out, can I trade back? Can I do whatever you want to do? so um what do
0: you think of these qbs have you looked at all
1: no i mean listen i mean again because i'm just i'm again i mitch will laugh probably but we used to say in the day most of the time rookies suck right like that's just the odds are and if you have seven draft picks you got your first rounder and your second rounder should start your third rounder is 50 50 depending on position and other things they'll play and be involved and you got four through seven you know Depend. Odds are, again, those guys are going to be special teams guys, developmental guys, maybe get cut in a year. Right. Like that's so, you know, I don't I don't pay. T- I mean, I, I'm always sort of more. I'd rather take a known situation if you can get it, if you can get it. Um, but the, the guys are all talented guys right now. Can it translate into I mean, At the next level? Right? right. I mean, interesting. So, like, like take like a Joe Burrow versus Daniels comp. Right. They both transferred to lsu one year they got hot right and the first t- year was eh uh, or good yeah they and got, then they were outrageous right they got one year they got hot right and they sort of came on the scene for one year right and they're both at lsu it's sort of interesting right and it worked out obviously for joe great he's he's probably a top four guy right you know and so you know could the same thing happen to daniels yeah sure you know but then you've also seen other guys that come on for one year you know and get hot for a year and they they flame out right it's It's a fascinating position to sort of uh, try to analyze because so much of it is between the ears, and it's really hard to evaluate that, right? And and all of those, I mean, anybody can watch a guy throw a ball and say, wow, that's great, you know, he's got an arm. And you need it, but so much more of it is leadership and how they go about their job and how they can process information in-game and how they walk in the locker room and get guys to rally around them and all these Mm -hmm. things that are just super hard to evaluate for outsiders, and that's what makes it so challenging for everybody.
2: See, that's why I think when, like, your guy does play four years, five years, whatever it is they play, then they go to the combine and throw two passes and they lose their mind. That's why I don't, I don't fall for that. You know what you, I mean? You right. don't, nobody's checking them and there's no, nobody rushing them. They better throw a perfect pass.
1: One would think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, that's your job, right? Mm-hmm. If no one's covering anybody and you're out there in shorts, you should be you know, 95% completions right. even with guys that you don't even
0: ever thrown to. Yeah. I mean, what do you make of the combine? And you come out here for the work aspect, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, just the whole NFL is here, but fewer and fewer elite prospects do any sort of athletic testing. They're here for the interviews. You see Marvin Harrison this year, not even coming, um, which I think is a, a, a true. St- I love Sam Cassell. Um, because whenever he made a big play, he would run down the court juggling his you know what? <laughs> and, and I feel like Marvin Harrison made a Sam Cassell move, and I love when guys are in position to do that and do it. Um, but, dude, the flip side is coaches aren't coming. I think Quinn flew home last night. You know what I mean? Like, like less and less of the league is seeing the value here, and, and I've been told repeatedly how – executives and front office people feel like it's just so, the time is so inefficient, especially since they moved the workouts tonight. Like, is this just a media event at this point? I mean, well,
1: listen, so there used to be, and I think this is still accurate, there used to be 350 guys invited to this thing every year. And there's roughly 250 draft picks, give or take, with compensatory picks, right? And Maybe that's a little off. So that means 100 guys that are here aren't even getting drafted plus every year 50 guys who aren't on average who aren't I think it's about here.
0: 300 here but oh, roughly okay, you're we're right. fine.
1: yeah okay and then they've expanded it and so then and then there's 50 guys every year who aren't who aren't here who do get drafted right so you got like let's just say a 100 to 150 guys who are here aren't even drafted aren't even drafted but that's still a lot of players there's free agents again I was a free agent right so like there is opportunity I think for the high-end guys and then you throw in the data ability to collect data in game so why do you got to run a 40 when they have your time in your, when the last time you ran a slant route in your Ohio State against Michigan. Like, they have that number, how fast you can yeah. Like, why do you need to run a 40? We see
2: it every time Tyreek runs a touchdown.
1: Right. You don't need, so, it's all sort of – there's a little bit of cannibalization of this event. There's a little bit of, like, you know, there's so much focus on the first round. But there's six other rounds. And there's yeah. all these free agents that they're, that's just, this is super valuable for. Sure. And yeah. I think the good teams – and I think, you know, listen, I get a disproportionate amount of time is spent on the first three rounds. But, like, the good teams, as we've seen, you know, the four through seven is where the fabric of your team's coming from. And if you can be right more than wrong in that group for three or four years, you can have a really, really good team. And so that's where I think where the value is here. Yeah, I, I, think think, that's I, I think
2: it's the NFL thing. And I'm talking about the league office where they, they have to make money, and they know it's a money generator for them because people say, I'm not going to watch the draft. I mean, watch the combine. They watch it every damn year. But – for the coaches and all that, it, it, it's 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 too much time. it's too time consuming for them. They would rather be in their building, getting their stuff ready for next year instead of sitting out there. But the league go, we put this on TV. We're gonna make a lot of money.
1: Sure, yeah, they're yeah. About moving this thing and turning it into an event. If right? they move this like, thing to L.A., oh. or Dallas, right? Oh, you know?
2: They move the L.A. So, like, JP, you gonna be right there. I
1: know, man. Mitchell actually come because he can bring his sticks.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: There's no golf here in February. B.A. Yeah. coming to Indy in February. Man. B. what would it take for you to, like, what is the appearance fee per day for you to come to the combine in February?
2: Uh, it, it got to be somewhere on the upper fours and possibly five, <laughs> five digits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. I believe that very totally. much. Um, here's what we're going to do. You're welcome to chill however long you want. No, I, I gotta, I, I gotta I'm, roll. I'm sitting at a table till I get on an airplane. Yeah. Um, we're going to hear from Dan Quinn next. Dan Quinn did his big podium session, then did a side session with reporters. I don't believe that audio has been shared yet with uh, the DC audience, so you're going to get that next. Before we go, though, have got to tell you about our guys over at Paul Henry's window installation. Working with Paul is – it truly has changed my home for the better. I mean, my, we used to have to hang up blankets in the winter over our windows because my daughter in her playroom would freeze, and we'd have to have her wrapped up in blankets and got all our windows replaced. They did a fantastic job. They got there early, got the job done early, and it changed my home. I, I Paul's a friend of mine. Um, we're supporting a charity event he's got going to uh, to fight breast cancer. Um, when we talk about Paul, we, we mean it seriously because he's helped me and he's helped Brian. If you call them this month 85 bucks off each window with a five window minimum and up to 10 percent off doors
2: you know what i moved to my house in 1993 and you know you start to see things start to happen a little bit and if paul came over a couple of years ago and he did some windows for me and he did a great job so you know what he i called him back last year to do some more things now i'll be meeting paul today right around three o'clock i got a few things i need to get taken care of and i know he's going to do it and he's going to do it right the reason I read straight back to Paul and I go there consistently is because I know the job is going to be done right the first time. I don't have to worry about getting him in, come back, come back, come back, because he's going to do it right the first time. You can call Paul right now. If you want to get some windows, you can receive $85 off each window with a five-window minimum and up to 10% off doors. I'll be getting me some garage doors. Contact Paul hinges Window Installation today and tell him B. Mitchell Finley sent you. PaulHingonsWindows.com, your clear home improvement choice. Woo!
0: B Mitch, Adam Schefter woke up this morning and chose violence, dude. He just decided to, he just decided to piss off a whole city. (laughs) Imagine being that, that powerful. Um, somebody that will probably have a far greater impact on the Washington Commanders season, um, than Adam Schefter this year is going to be Dan Quinn. Uh, Dan Quinn spoke at the podium on what day was that Benny? Tuesday, Tuesday evening. And then after his big podium session, Dan Quinn spoke with local reporters, uh, Myself, Ben Standig, Nicky Javala, Sam Fortier, uh, Dave Harrison was there. I don't want to leave anybody out. Mitch Tischler was there. Um, uh, a lot of folks were there. This is that conversation, and it's pretty damn interesting. Here's Dan Quinn. How exciting is this for you to, to be here
3: now? I mean, you just were introduced only a couple of weeks ago. Like, things are moving quick. Yeah, and I think I had my last um, staff meeting, and we had about nine days together. And I said, It's remarkable what you can do in that amount of time. We went through philosophy, we went through developing players. We met as um, a group of scouts and coaches together. We went through profile tapes of, you know, ideal fits of how we'd want to play and all the scheme. We started on free agent evaluation. So like you can imagine in like nine days together, um, the connection, the communication that goes back and forth. We had maybe guys from 10 or 11 different teams. So exercises like, what can we do in the short term You've done at another place that we can absolutely fast track. You know our competition and what we want to be about, and so all those little moments were good. And then being here, kind of, I look forward to these first interactions with the players and uh, hearing their story, a little bit about their why. And then the football stuff will work out. But like getting to know the man first, and then uh, then talk about the ball player.
1: You talked a lot about your evolution as a coach, kind of on the field, and
3: how you trying
0: to learn for yourself. Yep. How was that change Ryan, and, and the pre-draft evaluation process? How was that kind of evolved over
3: the years? I think um, one as it started, like also the league did a better job. If I could tell you what it first looked like to uh, interview players, like you're grabbing them as they're going to somewhere with a, a train station that everybody was huddled up in and trying to, you come over here, you come to the next. So like I think the league did a really good job of allowing space to, to visit and to go and, and even extending this because as you guys all know the real purpose is medicals first. You know, to make sure a player you know, gets all the, the, the inside outs, so to speak. So finding those spaces to connect with them, um, that's been really good. And so it now happens at All-Star Games, happens here, it'll happen at their pro days. And so finding those little touch points to see who'd be a good fit together, uh, to me, that's the secret sauce of it.
0: Is there any
1: example that stands out to you of a guy who you had questions about coming into the combine, then you were able to get him in a room, interview him, and like, something changed or just stood out to you?
3: I think yeah. early on it may even be after this and the reason why I think first one here guys are really nervous And so sometimes you only have these 20 minute uh, I'm going to the next one and like you don't, they don't even know what team they're talking to They're just like saying name rank, you know, zero number whatever it's like just so then What I've seen is sometimes the interactions here are Very surface level, you know, it's just getting to know maybe finding out some background about a situation, something that came up, but at a school or at the you know the player's hometown or at their college or at the thirty visit, you see differently. Now you're not there for 20 minutes, and a horn blows and you got to get up and leave. It's really deeper and getting to know are we a fit for one another. Let's talk through this, you know, game that you were playing. What was it? And so you know a little bit of their background. So um, I wouldn't say it happens here, but I would say it does happen. A lot when you go somewhere that you also say i really hope we get a chance to coach him and there's also some times that you leave there and saying he'd be best somewhere else and those ones are as important in evaluation as the ones that say he's a fit he can do it and you have a real clear vision for the guys and that's you know my bond to adam to make sure that every guy that we pit, you know has a, a clear fit and he his superpower is finding the players that the team needs and he's certainly done that through Denver and New England and San Fran different systems but finding what that team needs and so that's why uh, I'm so lit up to to be able to work with him knowing that his superpower is finding what the team needs and uh, he's got a proven track record of that.
1: I know you guys are in the early going of really going through the roster as a whole but when you look at the defense in particular how I feel like you have a good grasp on sort of what that side of the ball needs right now and where they're at.
3: And so, like, first order of business for me getting there was the staff. And so I wanted to meet with everybody that was currently on the Washington staff, and I did that. Um, Some that stayed, some that didn't. And then the next order of business was our players on the roster and the free agents. And so then I could find uniqueness of what they'd play, how it would go. Does anybody change positions? Because I think when you're looking all the way through the roster, is that corner a really good tackler? Would he make a better safety? And so it's all the ways to go deep into it. Because I didn't want to dive into ahead without assessing our own team. So it was staff, current players, then getting into free agency. And so I haven't spent as much time um, on the draft players yet. Obviously, I'm just trying to stay in the progression. So. But it's not the worst thing to meet the people here and then watch the tape um, versus the other way. Like you watch the tape and you're like, ah, <laughs> okay, I mean, he's really good though. So uh, you have to make sure you can do that. So I'm just trying to like not miss one step along the way. But I do feel like I have a good uh, sense of where we're at today.
1: Cam Curl in particular, I know pending free agent, just what are your overall Well, I think number
3: one, I've been super impressed by him. Like. You know, over his last couple years, of a guy that has absolutely gone for it, from tackler to being an enforcer, and so I was definitely impressed. Not just this season, but he's put out, you know, good tape, you know, all the time here. So I think it shows a good story of a player going for it, developing, finding his space to you know go do his thing, and um, it's kind of one of the cool parts about our league when guys, you know, aren't always first-round picks and come make their way and do their thing. And uh, Cam's a great example of that.
0: And you mentioned you know exactly how many days it's been since you were let go by Atlanta. How has that served you? Has that been a, a motivating? Well, I don't,
3: like, keep like a tab like on my <laughs> kitchen door, you know. So I just um, was thinking back through my time here um, at the combine, and so I guess I have maybe a little more appreciation and gratitude for it. Um, like anything, the second time through, you have different perspectives, and so what it did force me to do um, was to look back to know that. Uh, I had a lot of time to prepare and to get ready and to ha- really have a good vision of how to do it. And from ownership, connection, general manager, scouting, setting up a team, you know, putting a program in together. So that's why. But it is 1,234 days today. But don't ask me in like two weeks. Guy. I'm not going to keep like a tally. Gotcha. I just, I thought, one, two, three, four.
1: I, I don't think it's a uh, surprise to say that you guys need some more help with pass rushers after the, some of the trades that were made here last year. Yep. Um, But when you now look at some of the younger guys stand out or even like Jamin Davis stand out to you in any
3: way in that regard? Yeah, I think that's one of the things I wanted to find out. And when I looked at the roster, I wanted to find every single thing that could happen. So I went through the last few years of every blitz he had. Talking about Jamin specifically and where do I see bursts, where do I see traits. And so all I can do is evaluate on that. And then... Then you find ways to train them and feature them into that space. Sometimes when you're a linebacker, it's hard to find how to do the drill work as a D lineman to work games to do that. And so finding that right balance. So I have not had that discussion with him yet about what, you know, that looked like. Um, I just wanted to see traits of blitzing and being aggressive and going forward. And uh, I'm looking for anything, you know, that would show those kind of pass rush traits um, all along the roster, um, outside, inside the whole thing. So um, yeah, I've been digging into that hard. Coach, have you had a chance to speak to Sam or meet with him yet? Yes. Yeah, I got a chance to uh, visit with him. Um, we bumped into, you know, I don't get a chance to visit with them, but just checking in on non-football related stuff. But what I did want him to know is, like, man, going against him, he is one hell of a competitor. And uh, tried to hit him, tried to knock him off, and uh, to really, you know, put pressure on him. And that was one thing that I really admired about him, even, you know, coming up from North Carolina, you know, and through his two years here. Because I actually played, I think, in a game against Dallas the season prior. And uh, so just then preparing for him and playing against him and and some of the guys. I just wanted to make sure I had a chance to talk to him about that. He's, you know, certainly a tough competitor.
0: That was his first start. I think it was your only loss as the Cowboys DC.
3: No, we definitely had more losses than one. To Washington. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, yeah, Yeah, yeah. I get you. You're a (laughs) a homer. I like it. I like where you're thinking. That's good. (laughs) Right. We definitely (laughs) played other teams. Yeah, I don't know about that. I was like, I'm certain we lost some other games. I would probably say that would be awesome if that was the case. So no, I didn't know. I did not know that.
1: I know you want to stay in sequence,
0: but is quarterback an exception to that? And kind of how do you imagine the timeline for the evaluation
3: process of this class? Yeah, I think with that position every year, you want to take it as far as you can mm-hmm. when you're possibly selecting one. And quite often there's many a years where you know, you're keeping selecting and going and developing that position. I think we've all seen the importance of the position through the league, but um, I enjoyed going through the process as a defensive coach when I was a defense coordinator. to Look at the quarterbacks who were coming in because you would eventually be playing right. those same players in a lot of spaces. So uh, what I know is, man, like I have a thousand percent belief and trust in Adam. You know, I just do. Um, I had a chance to watch tape with him the other night and just seeing him talk it and explain it and talk about routes and movements. And um, it was really impressive to, to see and be a part of that part of the evaluation. Um, he's got a gift for it. And so Um, I will trust him with that every step of the way. Is
1: there anything you can share with us that stood out to you about the way that he was breaking the tape down?
3: I think just the level of detail that he went to of, you know, watch him get out of a bad play, watch him speed up here, look at this route combination, look at the accuracy. um, He just has a stronger feel than most, and uh, it's really a cool thing to see when you see somebody who's at a really elite level at something, it's pretty easy to see, and so after those four hours, I remember going home and, and telling Stacy. I said, man, this guy is elite.
1: Having Ken Norton lead a position that's kind of
3: been lagging here for a few years, what does he do well in, in developing linebackers? It's uh, Man, it's a lot. I would say he connects with the player emotionally, physically, their command, what the call looks like. And uh, Ken had a rare ability to do that as a ball player. Signals, you know, like just every detail you could go into He's literally seen the vision from inside the helmet. And so at that spot, and so he's hard on them, but also I think look no further than, you know, Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright and the development that took place with those two players and where they, he took them to. Not to say it was always like felt great for them, but I think if you're really wanting to be great at somebody, you need people like that to push you to spaces that you probably wouldn't go to on your own. And it's one of the things I just absolutely love about Ken it's the intensity, the challenge, the standards that he has, and so that's why it was so important to add people like him and Anthony Lynn to the staff, who have really high standards about how to do it. And uh, they were two specifically that I was hoping uh, would join us. And so the fact that they both did, that was that was pool party time. That was a big deal.
1: We've got time for two more. Quan Martin, another young guy. Just yeah. Up, he seemed to improve as, as the year went on. Well, what's been your impression? Watching? You know,
3: uh, anytime a guy plays more than one position, they catch my eye. And so this is a person that has the skill to play down and be a nickel, but also has the tackling traits, you know, and the deep range stuff as a safety. So for players like him, that's kind of my fun part, which position, where to feature him. But what I did know is I loved the competitor. I loved the hitter and the tackler. So like he had all the traits that I wanted to see that I love about playing tough defense. And so when I got a chance, well, I didn't have to watch him because I you know, studied him the year prior. So coming here knowing I had a chance to coach guys like him, um, that really lit me up. And now, how do we feature other players around him and put guys into different spots because it'd be um, irresponsible right now to say he'll play at only this spot. I'm not going to do that. I want to find out more about him. I need to get on the field with him. I want to find out all the stuff that makes him him, and then I'll have a better sense for that. And that'll be, that'll take, you know, going into training camp and and through OTAs and that to find everybody's roles and how we fit together. We're obviously going to be adding a new influx of people here through free agency and the draft, and that'll factor into a lot of that as well.
2: That's your new coach of the Washington Commanders, Dan Quinn, talking with J.P. in Indianapolis. We're going to take a quick break here. We get back. We'll break down some of the things he said. I just love the way he knows all about defense. And guess what? I expect our defense to be a lot better this year. We mentioned you got to right? defense.
0: I didn't know you were back, dog. <laughs> I'm back. I did get lost. I'll tell you about that. But I'm back. And all here's right. what I got to tell you about. ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV. As the official sportsbook of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get 100 bucks in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be twenty one plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem, call one eight hundred gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Logan Paulson is here, bona fide celebrity. Eh. Ben' Ben Standing. Yes. Weirdly, Logan is carrying Ben's bags around for him. It's very odd. What? Yeah, man, I don't know. That's just what it's just how they're operating. I'm gonna see if I can wrangle Ben or Logan and get him to speak into a microphone. What we're gonna do right now though Caller number 10 to 800-636-1067. You win two tickets to see Ari Shafir Saturday, April 27th at Capital Turnaround. Tickets are on sale this Friday. For tickets and more event information, visit thefandc.com slash events. Uh, B, you were talking about, we just played that Dan Quinn audio, and and what stood out to you was kind of the way he talks defense. Yep. Um, What did that mean for you?
2: Well, the thing about it, like, sometimes you hear people – to where they just stuck in one position. Dan seems to be able to uh, speak that way about all positions. And he also like I heard what he said like well looking at uh Cam, not Cam, uh, here from last year, the Illinois safety. Quan. 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 Yeah. Quan, he said well he played multiple positions so he caught my attention. He didn't say, "Oh, we going we need position flex." No, the guy can do a lot, so you know what? Now I got he got my attention. But I got to make sure how he fits into my system, which means whatever he does absolutely the best, that's what he's going to be doing all the time. If he can't do other stuff, they won't be putting him in there to do it. You know what I mean? So I, I like that. and I just like the, you know, the fact that he has people coaching guys that know exactly how to do it. And he had, he had uh, examples of who he had, they had already taught. Wagner, you know, guys like that, that Ken Norton had already coached. So I I, I just like, like hearing it like that instead of like, well, you know, we have our 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 scheme and we're gonna make guys have to play into this.
0: That's what yeah, I not like. I agree with that. I, I really enjoyed hearing him discuss watching film with Adam Peters and because above all else, like where where my belief is, and I, I Dan Quinn might be great. I mean I had Three different people last night at Prime, NFL coaches, NFL position coaches, guys that have been, never head coaches, but have been coordinators at different stops along the way, including one dude who was a former coordinator in D.C. Um, But come up to me unsolicited and just tell me that as a dude, Dan Quinn is the best. Mm -hmm. Like his reputation as a guy is a, a guy that people love. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because Logan's threatening me to say it. But, like, I, I mean, I had literally last night at Prime, like a bunch of random people were like, man, you're going to love that dude. And I don't know that that means you're going to win games, but I do think he is a jolt of energy that the organization needs at this moment because Ron had a good reputation too, but Ron p- kind of played the, the stoic role. You know what I mean? Ron yeah. was not a jolt of energy. No. Um, and <laughs> Quinn is. But still, what's most important to me, what I've heard from – personnel people front office people is Peter's scouting ability and that's what I care about get yeah. the players man get get some dudes like you did in San Fran you have to have
2: that all over I, your draft I keep board,
0: you, not just at the top
2: these coaches who think that they can get it done just because of their scheme they're fooling themselves because you know you got to have great players and are very good players to be able to accomplish a lot in this league
0: hell yes Jimmy and Joes, not X's and O's. Nobody go anywhere. It's P. Mitchell Finley.